You're listening to Borderline Idealists. Join us every other Sunday for new episodes where we focus on anxiety, depression, and BPD. Log on to BorderlineIdealist.com for past episodes, blog posts, and our Patreon link to support us. Together, we can give a voice to those who suffer from mental illness and tear down mental health stigma. Hello, everyone. Hello. Yeah. Hello. So this is, uh, this is <laughs> borderline idealist. This is not a karaoke oh, hero. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, Welcome everybody. This is our sixtieth uh, ep- episode. So oh, sixty episodes. Six zero. Um, we could be retiring right now. <laughs> this our our uh, almost our third year doing it. I say it's like because um, we started in two thousand eighteen, kind of like at yeah, the, it was in the fall. end. Yeah, it but I call se- that season. September. I can I call that season one. Mm-hmm. And then 2019, I call all that season two. Oh, okay. And then 2020. So this is our season, season three. three. Okay, sure. Let's go with that. Um, <laughs> that's just what it is. Did we even introduce ourselves? My name is Chris. And uh, I'm AJ. He's the extra. Um, okay, well, I'm just going to leave the room <laughs> since you don't need me. Uh, we, we would like to start off this episode by thanking someone very special uh, that gave us a, a shout out on Instagram. Yeah, uh, Daya Karishma. I Hi, Daya. Hope we pronounce, I pronounced that right. No. Daya Karishma. Daya. I like that. I like that <laughs> last name, Karishma. Um, she is from India. She's a an architect, actually, a, or designer. Um, so if you if you are on Instagram, we do um, suggest you check her out. Her um, t- what is it? Um, handle handle name <laughs> is Arc. Tune A R C H underscore Tune. She does some really nice illustrations on there. But Tune like T O O N, not T U N. Okay. Right? Yes. T O O. They sound kind Sorry. of like a tune, like you know, like a cartoon. Correct. Thing. Yeah, she has some really nice <laughs> illustrations. And... Yeah, she has um one of Frida that I I put. You know, that's why we named our our kid in Frida. <laughs> Lots of like cute little pets. Really, like great little little like almost like doodles. Mm-hmm. Um. Is like kind of what I'm I'm doing right now. I like to doodle. Hi, Allie. I'm doodling. I'm thinking of you. <laughs> <laughs> so just yeah. Doodle doing this time. So, um, yes, we want to thank uh, Daya, Daya for reaching um for tagging us and uh, also sending um us a message, a, a voice message that really touched my heart and made me um I was bawling. A little emotional. I was bawling actually because. <laughs> Um, I just, I don't know, it just kind of, I guess, hit me how, um, how, how, the how yeah, can how, or influence people. yeah, and she said that she, she listens to it while she works, um, it's just weird, you know, people listening to my voice, um, <laughs> but I'm glad that we're able to make people happy, um, I'm glad we're able to spread awareness about mental health, um, mm-hmm. show that a, a couple, um, or a, a married couple, somebody with, with BPD that has, you know, problems with, um, relationship and sometimes their temper and a, mm. and a, and a little anxiety and a little depression, mm. and, you know, mm. it just, mm. uh, takes a little understanding, doesn't it, Chris? Mm. Does it And ever. Chris doesn't take any medicine. It's amazing. Like, I don't know. He drinks a lot of water. I think maybe that's what it is, you know? I think I need to start taking medicine. He doesn't drink, <laughs> doesn't do drugs. Like, I don't know. I don't know how how do you how do you do it? Uh, I don't know. Chris I'm special. is amazing. 
So uh, the second thing that we wanted to... Oh, did we have anything else to say about um, Daya? I saw you looking at the... Mm-mm. Okay. Yeah, thank you once again, Daya. Um, so the second thing we wanted to talk about uh, is uh, we have started a new mini-series uh, for our patrons. Uh, so it's called uh, Borderline Idealist Movie Night. And we're really excited about it. Uh, we actually look at movies and, and discuss them. And then we actually have uh, the, the clips of, um, I guess, important or significant parts in the movie that kind of stood out to us. And then you know, after that clip uh, plays, then we talk about it a little bit more. Yeah, we, we like give our insights and we kind of talk about how maybe the movie portrays, um, in this particular case, um, borderline personality disorder. Uh, whether it's through characters, through the story, um, things like that. So it was a really fun experience that we just finished the first one. Mm-hmm. Girl Interrupted. And uh, for everybody, we have a, a sneak peek episode that we, um, I think we already posted that. Um, so that just gives you a, a little um, sneak And it kind of explains it too of, of the series. And... Yeah, well, it's like 15 minutes long than yeah. what you posted. Yeah, so kind of. To give you an idea of how, what the format is like. And but uh, the episode itself is almost two hours with the clips and us talking. So yeah. if you love us, <laughs> if you love hearing our voice for one hour, <laughs> then imagine, imagine two. two. <laughs> okay. yeah. But we, we didn't even mean it to go. Yeah, I was we were like, like, Chris, okay, let's keep it No, Ajahn was like, oh, it, it'll only be 45 minutes. You don't have to do, you know, I know you're you're stressed and you have a lot of other things to do, so we'll keep it short. The clips will do most of the work. They're like, you know, a minute, you know, two <laughs> minutes long. And then we, can't, we couldn't stop talking about the movie as we were discussing it, so it was fun. Which is, yeah, which is really, really great. I think that's what um, made it a, a fun uh, mini series to do something that we can do together and and uh, you know give give back to the people that are donating for us. Yeah, uh, we do want to say that we are raising money right now. Of course, always for our our website um, yearly. That's about two hundred dollars. Two hundred plus. Yeah, and um, the the other thing too is like we were we were trying to. Um, expand the show and make it grow and there are other things like this year that we had an opportunity to go to a mental health day it was uh, the mean, mental health day at the capitol so in that atlanta they were um other... it's a big organization yeah. that mm-hmm. brings together nonprofits and other local uh chapters or organizations that do work in the mental health community and but unfortunately it's like to participate in their event is two hundred dollars for the booth or something. So yeah, we've re- we... it was more than what we could um, manage within our budget. So it's like we're trying to do, you know, give something extra for all of those who donate to encourage other people to become patrons and to help us grow um, the show by allowing us to go to events like like this mental health um, day in in the capital and also. There's some other local events that happen here in the community that we would like to participate, but of course, everything costs money <laughs> to participate, and you know, um, even just promotional materials to print out cards or things like that that takes a little bit of money. That um, unfortunately, yeah, that the, not within our budget. <laughs> so the, the mental day at the hospital, at uh, the hospital, the mental day at the hospital, <laughs> come along. <laughs> the um, mental health day at the Capitol. Uh, was in February, I believe, and we were um, looking to buy a, a table 
there and then uh, do a live episode and hopefully interview some people, make some connections, network, and, you know, try to expand the show, which sounds really scary, Chris, because I hate yeah. people. But it's it's something <laughs> that, you know, we we probably should should do. You know, I, I really do care about the show, but the um, I think that we have to tell people about it. I mean, that's how, yeah. you know, advertising costs well, money. And, the, uh, the reason why we've been growing, I feel like it's by word of mouth, you know. Mm-hmm. Some, somebody will tell somebody else. Yeah. And that's great, and that's, um, and, and we are very thankful for all of you guys who share the podcast with your friends and family and loved ones. Um, that's that's helped a lot to grow the show to what it is today. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the we would like to continue growing it to reach more people. And so this is the next step for us. Yeah, um, being able to promote it by going to events and doing some other things. Um, so so if you do uh, think about that, there's the, the sneak peek of the episode that you'll be getting every month. And, you know, we hope that will um, compensate you for for the dollar that you give a month or the uh, $1,000 that you give a month. <laughs> well, it's funny because, you know, it, it always, it, as we discussed about the Patreon and stuff, it always feels weird asking uh, for donations, you know, because we understand that, you know, times are tough and maybe not everybody can donate and we're totally um, cognizant of that. Cogn- cognizant of that. Um, so, you know, it's... It's a little. That's why we wanted to do this as something extra for those people who um, put in that extra. Um, I don't know how to call it. Um, love, I guess, yeah, that they're able to. <laughs> um, because I mean, it is. It's tough, and so. Um, yeah. We hope that you will enjoy it, and it it becomes part of like your regular routine. Um, and it's 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 kind of kind of think of it like people joining us in our in our movie dates because I mean that's kind of how I look at it you know it, it gives us a chance to have a movie night which we it's kind of random when we watch movies right mm-hmm. <laughs> so it gives us a chance it's like our movie night date and but it we make we are able to incorporate borderline idealists and all of you guys into it and by sharing it with you and um, I, I kind of hope that it, it it turns into something that maybe people you know you guys you listeners will watch and then come and and discuss it with us, you know, and 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 create different dialogues about the the different movies that are out there and how Hollywood portrays mental health and mental illness and how sometimes I don't think they do a very good job about mm-hmm. <laughs> um, they kind of you know they can reverberate um, stigmas and things like that. So, but anyway, yeah. So grab some popcorn and and join us and. Uh... You know, we'll have that, that special thank you for, for our patrons. But we do want to move on to um, what this the episode is about. Uh, <laughs> Chris is like, Woo! DBT. So let's talk about finding um, the right doctor. Uh, so, mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's always been a struggle for me. Um, and I think for, for a lot of people, you have to find somebody that you get along with I guess that you feel like you, you can trust that you can you can tell your secrets to and that the that the advice that they're giving you um, is actually um, 
skills or, or something that you can use to make yourself better. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like my, uh, my brother uh, said that his psychologist, um, and she was my previous psychologist. Uh, she, oh, was she the same? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Jossie's mm-hmm. psychologist? Yeah, she was oh, my okay. previous psychologist member. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and uh, Chris had uh, asked her if she uh, knew uh, DBT, and I think she said yes, correct? Yes. Yeah, she said yes, and that she had uh, um, also treated a, a lot of people with BPD. Mm-hmm. And so when I started going to her the first couple of times, it was just really me venting and her being a good friend. Uh, so I stopped seeing her because I wasn't, you know, I wasn't learning how to, to oh, help better. myself. And the only DBT uh, information I got is she bought a, she, uh, bought a book for me. It says, take a look at that. And I was like, okay, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, we should, I guess, maybe preface that by saying that when we, when we found her, it was during a moment of, um, a moment that you really needed that what was like an emer- almost an emergency moment where you were kind of like feeling you were at the lowest point and you really needed somebody to talk to at that moment and so i mean i looked online and but it's so it's so hard to trust things that you see online or even when you call to a hospital and then ask them you know sometimes people are not so honest so they'll say oh yeah i've i have a book about it so i know about it um and so you know, she was what was available also because before her, we scheduled an appointment with someone who had BPD therapy, supposedly more experienced. Yeah. The, but she was only available to see you like once a month. Yeah, and I Remember? didn't find out until after the. So I, I went to the lady. I, I I liked her. She gave me a worksheet. Um, to work on, she said, when we come back, we're going to talk about this. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going into the skills. I'm getting it. And I go up to the front, like, all right, well, her earliest appointment is a month from now. I'm like, what? What? I'm the, that, what? And of like, course, that what? caused a spiral. <laughs> like, what? And then, so that's when we found this, this other lady that didn't, that, that, that was, oh man, that was, that was tough. That made me even more depressed that, you know, it's, it's, it's so hard to like build yourself up and get out of the pessimistic to get optimistic. Mm-hmm. And then when something like that happens, you're like, oh. God, I gotta hold on. Yeah. And Chris is oh god, I love Chris so much. He's so good at um making appointments. At, yeah, <laughs> at, at at being there for me because I I feel like a a lot of these times where you're you're calling around for people, it's when I'm in in a really bad place. Mm-hmm. And I was reading the um the uh the text messages uh, that I was sending you recently yeah recently when you were finding a doctor and, and chris was just like i feel like i i let you down i feel like i failed you and i said no it's my fault i you know i need to suffer you know just let me suffer it's fine <laughs> i was like really and i don't remember even sending a lot of those text messages messages because i was so um so depressed and chris could see this and he's just like oh god i need to find somebody right now and i'm just like Oh God, I'm just holding on, you know, and I, gosh, I mean, I'm, I'm so sorry, Chris. I know you're probably thinking, oh my gosh, is he gonna, you know, you're probably thinking the worst that I was gonna try to hurt myself or, or yeah, something. Yeah, well, this last, this last period, this last couple of weeks has been rather tough on you because your medication was not being as effective as when you started it. And, um, so then a lot of factors have been, you know, factoring in that you 
I felt you slipping and like spiraling. Well, and I, uh-huh. oh, I was gonna say the. I think this. Let's see the spiraling. I usually um. So I have have a <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> have, have a little problem. Uh-huh. So and and this is a problem that I think a lot of people with um BPD have, um is a substance abuse. So if it's not alcohol for me, it's gonna be weed. If it's not weed, um it's gonna be sleeping pills. Um nicotine. Um if it and and yeah or or sleeping pills. I, I'll find something for some reason, and it, it, the the entire point is to just. Um, deal with my extreme feelings or uh, just uh, get away, get away from life. So, you know, I would use the, the only reason I would get out of bed is because I would have the thought, okay, I, I can at least get high, you know, and I was, um, I was taking the Wellbutrin. Um, I think I was like skipping some days sometimes, yes, right, Chris? And, not Chris good. Just, and I was like, I'm fine. I just, I, I, oh, man. Every day, I was thinking about just, just going away because it, it was it was really tough. Um, I was like fan just just having suicidal ideation and just fantasizing about things, and I didn't know why. And I was um, smoking uh, so much weed, like uh, just like back to back to back. I I wasn't even sure I was I was getting high. Um, and, and it was, but, but I, I was just like, well, you know, if I'm self-medicating, at least I'm up, at least I'm, I'm doing something. And at this time, you know, I haven't been to, to a doctor. I still have some, some medicine, you know, from my previous vi- visit to a doctor, but we're still looking for one. And it's been... A psychiatrist. Has it been like a month since I saw a doctor? Yeah. <clears throat> it's been a little, it's been a little while. And you kind of, you got the long-term prescription so that like couple of months refills mm-hmm. and really you should we should have been able, we should have gone back to it because you discovered that well after i googled um so i don't <laughs> i don't recommend this to anybody but so when i was taking uh the wellbutrin it started at 150 well this was a couple um, years back oh what huh you, you were saying that years back when you were first on wellbutrin you remembered that you were you you got uh, increased dosage, right? Yes. Yeah, then, I, I tapered up. So yes. yeah, I was saying yeah, uh, yeah. When I was taking it before, I, I tapered mm-hmm. up. Um, but I, you know, I for, I forgot about the experience <laughs> of taking Wellbutrin because uh, I don't know. I I feel like I've taken so many medicines and they either don't work or I I get off them because they side are effects. working or yeah, side effects or. Um, so yeah, I was taking one fifty milligrams of Wellbutrin. I went to the doctor, uh, psychiatrist. I think two times. Um, but I didn't go back anymore. And, uh, later on, you know, I was like, <laughs> I'm just like, uh, oh, this, this happened when I, um, decided to quit, um, smoking pot mm-hmm. because I was like, uh, I'm probably going to need to quit for DBT. Um, and I, I should, Chris is just like, uh, you know, this is a lot of money. It's a, it's a, it's a habit, you know? Expensive. Yes. So. <laughs> I mean, Chris. Chris was buying me weed every two weeks, and I. I don't. I, it's really hard to say, it, but I don't know if I was manipulating you a little yes, bit. I feel were. like 
I feel like it, I can I was, answer that like, question. Yes, yes. I'll, you, you know, I, I think I'll do that with alcohol too. I'll just be like, Chris, yes, please. Yes, yes. <laughs> like, I've been getting better at <laughs> at not allowing you to manipulate me with. Well, I know I'm definitely good with alcohol and Indian stuff, but with weed, it was hard because I saw how much it helped you on a day to day basis. Yeah, but it, but when I, um, or, or, when I just quote unquote help. Yeah. Um, well, I told you how, how, how much it helped and, what? and you were, you were always like, you know, are you gonna, you know, start, you know, getting off of this, tapering off of, of this? I'm like, yeah, yeah, this, maybe, maybe after this, you know, I'll make this, make this last three weeks, you know, just, um, but you know, it came a time where I was like, you know, Chris, I really am gonna quit. This is it. I'm not doing anymore. Don't buy anymore. You know, I, I don't, you know, I, I don't have a job and I'm making you, you know, use money for you know, some, some drugs, I guess, to keep me happy or, or sated or something. So I was just like, you know, let's, you know, and he's like, are you going to be okay? I'm like, yeah, sure. Cut to three days. So, I mean, <laughs> after, after three days of, of no, not it was ha- longer. Oh, it was, was it four days. I want to say it's like, or was it a week? No, I felt like you went two weeks without any new pot. Two weeks? You were like going off of your, um, Well, that's still, I mean, that's pretty much still, um... A little THC, so I, I mean, I had had like a little bit left. So mm-hmm. when I was completely um, done with with not, mm. yeah, it was probably a couple anymore. of days. Okay, so like four days. Yeah, probably. Only. So on the like on the fourth day, I was um, totally spiraling. Yeah, I felt I felt horrible. I, I um, and Chris would be like, you know, oh my gosh, you know, we need to. You know, buy you some weed. I'm like, no, it's okay. I'll just suffer. It's fine. And I'm just like in the bed all the time. I'm I'm playing with knives. I I felt I felt the the worst I had in a long time, and it was because I didn't have uh, the weed to kind of um, keep me in that dreamy state where I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to try to run away from everything I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. So I was feeling everything. And, uh, that's when I, I, um, went on Google and I started like looking it up and I saw that, you know, I, oh, I should have, you know, I think after two weeks, you're supposed to go up to, um, taking 300 milligrams of Wellbutrin. And I'm like, oh, that's what I get for not going to the doctor. <laughs> um, so I did that and, uh, I remember, uh, calling Chris and being like, I feel better. <laughs> like, I was just like, I was just like, wow, kind of, for a second there, I felt kind of high. And then like, it was like my, um, all, all that stuff. Like I, I haven't thought about suicide. I haven't thought about sadness, any of that stuff. But I, I realized that the, um, the weed that I was smoking um, it was, was like, I was, the, I was, the medicine? yeah, well, I was using it because, um, I, I was using it so excessively because, uh, I was trying to maybe get what, what the, what, what the other half of the medicine wasn't giving me, mm-hmm. you know, the, to, to stop, you know, those, those thoughts of hurting myself, you know, or to stop, you know, those thoughts of thinking I'm worthless or something. Mm-hmm. And so when I did, um, take that, I, I mean, felt a lot better. Um, I think, but before that, before that is when um, I was at my sister's house. I think I stayed in bed all day at my sister's house. I was, um, I was, we were, we were I was taking 
care of Trey. Yeah, and my sister, <laughs> my sister was like, you know, um, I think I was like crying and, and, and being like all like sad and stuff. And she was just like, are you sure, you know, you're okay? So I'm like, I'm <laughs> you know, and so I just, yeah. I stayed in bed. Um, all, I mean, I felt I could not move. I, and, and so Chris showed up from work and then he, he handed me some weed and then I just like broke down because I just felt so, oh God, I'm like, I'm a druggie. Like, um, but I'm, I'm, and then but, the and next then, day you discovered your medicine. Like, yeah. Oh. And then after that, I was just like, oh, wait, now like, I'm really, feeling better. discovered this before. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you know, since I, I went to, um, I, so yeah, after that time and, um, after taking my medicine, I decided, you know, I'm not gonna, you know, quit smoking weed because maybe it's not good to just, you know, sort of, you know, take it out all the way. Maybe I can just like taper off of it. Just have mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, uh, well, I was like, I, I want to have a little bit until I see my doctor. So I think that was like on Saturday when I started taking the Wellbutrin. Um, and I hadn't been, I hadn't been high um, in a short time. I, when I took the Wellbutrin, I wasn't high. And so when I, when I took the Wellbutrin, I, I felt a lot better. It was like, a, it was like voices went away in my head, like all the, all that stuff. And that was on Saturday, so I was like, okay, well, I'll, you know, do less, you know, do a little bit of weed until I go see my, my therapist, because she's probably going to, you know, tell me to quit, and I'm going to be sad. Um, but at least have my medicine, so, um, it's like, oh, yeah, of course. Well, I was going to say, it was sad that, I, you know, all of this could have been avoided if you, if you had gone back to your psychiatrist, and... But what was the reason that you didn't go? I didn't want to spend money. I mean, exactly. it's the, it's the well, same. It's the same reason why you know, um, I I have uh, an abscess tooth and I need to get a root canal and I've known that for a year. But why haven't I done it? It costs five hundred to nine hundred dollars, and and to me, I'm just like, okay, well, I need to you know save up some and, money or something. And the in the states. Dental health is not part of your regular health. So that's like, <laughs> yeah, so that's just fancy health. You, they just, they give you a little estimation on how much it's going to cost. And, and then that doesn't, you know, include the, the, the doctor's visit, you know, the medicine that you're going to have to get. Um, so and, and in my mind, I think about, you know, the people that, you know, don't have sick days to do this, don't have the money to do this. So, you know, if you're in poverty, you're going to die of a tooth abscess, you know? Yeah, I mean, do. who can... People do that. I mean, that's a lot of, that's a lot of money, $1,000. And then I found out I had another one. So I have two now. So I'm just like, Chris... Mm. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot. I mean, I'm, I'm going to have to end up going to the, the doctor. Um, I'm going to make an appointment um, tomorrow. It, it's funny because I didn't... Um, we, we were talking about this a lot, getting Frida fixed and me going to the endodontist and I would keep talking about doing it but I felt like I was too depressed to do it mm-hmm. and then um but now I feel more motivated to even I mean I even I would stay up all night um and now Chris can get me to go to bed at 12 with him and then wake up in the morning and that's amazing. a big fight yeah, yeah it's just like <laughs> but I mean it was it, it was easier for me to yeah. do that I didn't feel so um so weighed down so I mean, money, money can can restrict you know you getting health. Health insurance and and money is a big obstacle, unfortunately, to getting the help that many people need. 
unfortunately that was the reason why you didn't go back to your psychiatrist and i mean i pushed you to it because i i thought you know to me it's it's better for you to be fine than you know if than anything else because i think going to the doctor and getting the help that you needed will in the long term be more be better financially for us you know yeah um, um that's what they um they said when i was looking out um looking about the root canals is the longer you wait the more you you risk it you mm-hmm. know getting worse so and then it'll end up costing more like now but um but, and that that was the other big obstacle as well for dbt therapy is finding we've been and this was where um a lot a lot of the work and struggle comes in is not only finding a doctor that knows the specialized therapy that really knows it like is certified certified and has <laughs> years of experience treating patients with it but also you know is a combination of finding that experience finding that within your medical plans and then also that it's within your budget you know um i as i told ajani it it literally took me weeks to find the right therapist i mean we we had actually we we did lots of research and you helped a little bit on multiple. Oh, thanks, Chris. I, you did okay. help a little bit. All right. I, I want to give you your. Credit. Oh, I was depressed, so I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> what I, I thought about that too is like, oh my god! As I was doing all this research and calling people and not being able to get, you know, appointments or this or that, I'm like, oh god! I can't imagine somebody who's actually going through all this um, mental health and expecting them to navigate all this stuff that's crazy that's just crazy i mean when uh when we were looking for doctors it made me feel um i felt you know of course like i was i was burning you at something and i i think when we began you know that's when i went on the websites and started like looking up dbt and that's Mm -hmm. that's where i read you know um apparently there was like a waiver or something uh remember uh on that that uh, I think it's the the it was another DBT site. There was mm-hmm. like a waiver or something that you have to um, sign oh. something that you don't drink and that you don't do um, drugs. Yeah, do any um, drugs. So that's where I got that from. But I was doing some research, and if you remember, I emailed them because you know I have social anxiety. They said you know we understand people have social needs. Email us, blah blah. So I emailed them, <laughs> and I waited a day. I waited two days. Nothing. I emailed them again for a follow-up, nothing. And that made me, that made me even more depressed because the, I mean, it's just like going to a doctor that I like and then finding out I had to see her a month later. It's just like, you know, I'm, you have to keep trying and getting let down, you know? And I'm just like, you know, if they can't, if they say, we understand you have, you know, there's uh, people with special needs, send us an email, we'll get back to you. And you send two, and they don't. I don't want to go to that place. It sounds like they don't have it together to mm-hmm. me. And it's not, you know, that doesn't that d- does not sound good. So after that, I was just, I got really, you know, pessimistic about it. I'm like, oh, God, like, it, I, d- I don't want to go somewhere where they're going to make us. It, it's like um the, the doctor that I went to before this, the psychologist, I think she said that she knew DBT. Mm-hmm. And... Of course, she, you know, when I started asking her questions, she pulled out a book and started looking stuff up. But, um, yeah, that was, uh, I felt bad paying for that. Even though I had insurance and it was like $15, I felt bad for paying for that because I didn't feel like she was very well trained. I didn't really, you know, like her and I wouldn't see her in in the future or anything. I mean, I, I tried to be understanding, but I don't think, 
I think she wanted... I don't know. I don't know. I just... There was just something there. I didn't like her. And sometimes you just don't like your, your psychologist. But it's, it's hard to do that because it's like, okay, well, let me date around some more. You know? It's like, when am I going to buy my husband? You know? So it that's... Oh, that's so stressful. And especially when people lie about it. You know? Yeah, that was one of the things that I had to... Even when I called and, and asked either therapist offices or, or the assistants and stuff, oftentimes the assistant would be like, yo, yes, the doctor knows DVT. And yes, they... um, um it, Specifically with this last one, you know? that She told me that she knew DVT and that she had treated other patients. I was like, okay. And then when you asked her questions, you know, as you mentioned that um, she... She wasn't really sure of her answers well, I just that asked, she was giving you, and then she opened a book. Well, her. I just, you know, I, th- I think that's, I mean, uh, there's a website where you can check people's yes. certification for DBT, but I, I asked her, um, I was like, well, you know, who created, you know, DBT? She couldn't tell me. And I said, mm-hmm. okay, what, you know, DBT is used to treat BPD. She said, yes, yes. And I said, what else is it used for? And she said, uh, BB. It can be used for, for, for a lot of other I was like, well, PTSD, you know, um, okay. All right, lady. All right. You know what? You know, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and gosh, you just made me really mad. But um, the new place that I'm going to is actually a place that specializes in DBT. And that's great because they have um, the doctor that I'm seeing uh, right now. She's phenomenal she seems really nice made me feel really comfortable she has actually uh studied with um the lady that created dbt and uh she has all these certifications Mm -hmm. um and and i i get a sense um from her that she she has done this before and that she she um this is her specialty this is all she made you feel safe yeah like you. And that I'm going to learn some. She said, okay, mm-hmm. you know, this is our intake session. When you come back, um, you know, we're going to be doing it. And so that's what I'm excited about, actually learning a way to uh, to manage this. And yeah. then hopefully, like, um, sharing it on the, the podcast a little bit of what I've learned and yeah. using it in real life. You mentioned that website that we found. Um, I want to make sure to, to tell you guys. It is DBT dash lbc dot org that's um you can type in your last name of a doctor that you that you may have found the city or zip code and do a search and it'll it has it's basically a database of uh, everybody who's been certified uh with dbt therapy Mm -hmm. and you you want somebody who is certified not someone who is uh I don't know. I took a night class or something. I don't know. I don't know what these people do. I guess they go online, Google DBT, and print out some sheets. Or uh, I mean, I, maybe take a quick class on it. Or it, this one other therapist that I found that was more local mm-hmm. said that she took classes that were therapy um, sessions. Mm-hmm. Um, but she doesn't. She told me she, herself she doesn't have the cert, the specialized certification. She just took classes on it, and then. Basically, some people like take the classes and then they treat people and kind of grow their skills as they treat. And so and she was very upfront with me because I asked her a couple of questions and she's like, you know, I really don't have experience um, ha- uh, treating people with BPD that are um, 
older, you know, there are adults. Most of my specialized training has been with young children and adolescents. And so I would think that your spouse would be better served by finding somebody else that has more experience with adults. And, you know, I was very grateful for her to to just be up front. Um, Just not trying to take our money, you know, like everybody else. (laughs) Yeah, sure, come on in. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So it was was a lot. Um, I was going to say the other thing is like when you, if you're, if you're the person who's calling for your significant other or anybody else in your life and um, trying to set up these appointments and find them, find the right doctor, you know, there's a couple of questions that, that you want to ask, specifically DBT. If you're looking for that specific therapy, you know, ask them, just be upfront with them. And, I, and it was, took me a little bit because I felt like by asking someone, I was like challenging their credentials or mm-hmm. like I was maybe insinuating that they weren't um, certified or well that they weren't that they didn't know what they were doing well you I mean you wouldn't want to go to a, a doctor that you know I, I don't know I, yeah. I guess you know if you ask your doctor you know yeah. what school would you go to he's like oh school right <laughs> you're like oh yeah. time to go <laughs> I mean, well I think it for me it was like a it was a, a mental thing yeah. where you know you really like aren't you really aren't trained to question your doctors mm-hmm. or people that are in like have specific certifications or degrees and things like that right mm-hmm. so it was a little bit i had to get over that mental block of my head about it's okay to ask questions about the people that you're going to set up an appointment with you know ask them do you have dbt um there do you have dbt certification um if they say yes or no if they say yes well how long have you had when did you get the certification or how long have you if um, been treating people with DBT with DBT therapy? If they say no, or like what it will have you treated other people with BPD? What sort of program or therapy do you use to treat those people? And I've also asked, you know, what um, could you describe your program for me a little bit? Is it more just talk therapy, or do you implement some a, a worksheet, a workbook, um, where you teach special skills? For uh, for people with B- BPD and how to handle their their condition better, you know. So I, it was. Chris, you're so hot. I can't believe you just called doctors and asked. Oh my gosh. Asking that for me. Oh my. Because yeah, I would have been like, you know, DBT. Okay, that's good. Fine. You get off the phone. And, well, that's what I did the first couple. <laughs> I don't want to talk to know? people. <laughs> I was like, oh, I, I felt so uncomfortable asking these questions that I was like, oh, do you, do you, uh, do you have, do you do DBT therapy? Well, like, you, oh yes. You emailed um, a I, lot of them though. I emailed, like if I if I email somebody, I'm I'm a little bit, I guess, more direct. But mm, yeah, um, it, but it, I'm glad you're you're. It can be you're allowed to be a little bit more direct yeah. through your email. I feel. Like. I'm glad that you you were able. Um, to know to ask uh, ask all those questions I'm sure it came from a little experience experience um, with like I googled you know what to ask for I asked a couple of my friends um, and it's it's one of those things where after a couple of times we we tried a couple of therapists that just did not work I was like okay well obviously the, the questions that I asked were not specific enough so I had to push myself to be more direct with people and just specifically outright, outright ask about these things and that helped a lot and just um, going online and researching as much as I could to know about what DBT was so that I could ask the right questions for people mm-hmm. and 
it was it was a, a big challenge. You just have to keep going at it because, like like you mentioned, I emailed, I must have emailed about twenty different locations, therapists, um, or places, asking for um, if they had availability, if they were taking new um, new new patients, if they you know accepted our insurance. Uh, there's a lot of questions that unfortunately you have to go through, but um, as you hone in your your the the list that you have, you'd be able to um, narrow it down. And you know, I I did a lot of emails and I also did a lot of calls. And I think for me, I I, I kind of like the calls a little bit better once I got comfortable. And talking to people and asking the questions mm-hmm. because I felt like it kind of went a little bit faster. With the email, sometimes it takes, you know, 24 hours before you get a yeah. reply. And, um, but overall, I think I had a good experience with the doctors because some of them were pretty honest up front with me about, I, I don't um, have DBT therapy, but um, I have treated BPD or I, I, would be able to, I would be able to help you. And some people recommended us to other places. Mm-hmm. Um, they were like, well, I don't have a lot of experience with BPD, but if you're looking for this type of therapy, maybe they can help. So yeah. it, it's a long process, but I think <laughs> well worth it. Yeah. I mean, we're just now starting, so cross your fingers. <laughs> I just wanted to talk about my uh, my first intake uh, section. Uh, section. My first... <laughs> intake session mm-hmm. um we'll call her uh dr v um so as i mentioned um she has uh, extensive knowledge with, with dbt um really really sweet uh i felt like um i felt like she was really listening to me and really did um care about my goals to like learning skills and and dealing with um the symptoms of bpd um she you know pretty much asked me about you know tell me about yourself you know Mm -hmm. my background um my parents (laughs) because that's where it all begins my parents um my my siblings um you know when when i noticed this first when i noticed that first um, we talked uh, a little bit about the the podcast when she had, uh, asked about my hobbies. I was like, oh yeah, my, my husband and I do a, a podcast called Borderline Idealist where we um, talk about my BPD-ness and, uh, <laughs> and uh, mental health and, and what we go through. And then I saw her write down Borderline Idealist. I'm like, oh gosh, she's listening right now. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh God. I was like, uh, um, we, uh, we talked about few other things um yeah the other thing i wanted to say uh so i told her you know i had read online that you know there was something that you had to sign that said that you wouldn't uh smoke or drink and um she said you know she there's nothing like that that she, that she knows of that that you you have to sign um but um that that you have to uh sign for for those things but you do have to sign something saying that you won't um commit suicide and that you will um, work on your destructive behaviors mm. and, and so you know if, yeah so <laughs> i'm like you know smoke um smoking is definitely um 
and destructive behavior. It it was. I feel like um, maybe you can, you can vouch for me, Chris. I don't know, but I feel like you know I have um, smoked less. Um, I feel like I do it maybe three times a day, three four times a day. When I was doing it, like I can't even remember. Mm-hmm. I can't even remember. Uh, and I mean that's not that's not to push it. That's not it's not great. It's nothing I'm proud of. Um, but I'm reducing it. Um, but not buying any more. Um, and yeah, that's that's a behavior that I I, I want to work on. Well, can I just say I don't think necessarily that smoking weed is in itself bad. You know, um, I think like with anything in this world, with within moderation, everything's okay, or most things are okay. And but the problem was that you were kind of relying too much on the weed, to, to um. um make me. To, I feel like make me uh, make me happy or just kind um, not but it really didn't happy. make you happy it kind of took me Dull it took you. me out of my body sort of um, to do like your... disillusionment or something but just sort of it took me um, uh, away from forget? stuff it made me feel like um, more creative I guess um, I started um, drawing more and it just distracted me from, right. from my problems right and the more I did it I felt like it was distracting me and uh, I mean it, it was it was too much. It was too much. Um, you know, now when I wake up in the morning, I don't get up, just, you know, I don't get out of the bed because I'm like, oh, well, at least I can get high. That would help. I actually get up to, to do things. You enjoy, you, know? you have the motivation to get up on your own. Yeah. And I try to, de- um, delay, um, smoking any, like maybe an, um, an hour or two, um, on the Wellbutrin that I'm on, it kind of takes away my appetite. So, I've been drinking uh, some, what those called, protein shakes, mm-hmm. um, because sometimes I'll just sit around like, did I eat today? Mm-hmm. So I just I have to make sure to take um, protein shakes, and um, but that's a, a side that's effect. Another struggle. Yeah, that's home. Every everything's got a side effect. But I'm supposed to lose weight, so I don't. I, I'm I'm happy, but Chris is like, you're not eating well, maybe enough. Maybe I need to get on that medicine. I was like, so I can lose I a little mean, weight. Uh, <laughs> Well, you said it. Really? So, wow. <laughs> you all heard it. You all heard it. So, um, yes, I want to. I want to. You know, cut down on my destructive behaviors. I also want to learn how to. Um, this is what Doctor V was telling me to to substitute um, those behaviors for for positive things. Mm-hmm. Um, she said you can't teach somebody. Um, I guess a new coping, not new coping skills, but you can't teach somebody um, new ways to react. Yeah, some some like that. Uh, basically, like uh, like how I like to hurt my mm-hmm. myself. I, I I haven't in a, in a long time, but my mind goes through really fast, and I like mm-hmm. play around with stuff. Mm-hmm. And you know, I have to replace that with doing something else. Okay, instead of like playing around knives or or you know trying to do something, maybe I'll. Uh, go draw or maybe I'll go you know mm-hmm. replace it with something else whatever right. that that destructive behavior is so I'm really excited about that um, and really kind of anxious because I feel like uh you know I'm, I'm I'm sure there there are expectations I'm sure you know Chris you're like oh there aren't any but there are expectations that I'll come out of this with like my my BPD and remission or I'll be I'll be cool and I mean it, things got we needed help 
I'm paying for my health insurance. And so I had to reach out to my dad and my, and my dad, my dad's like, Oh yeah, you know, I love my son. Yeah. We, I, I will help you, you know, but only for this long. And every time he sends me money, he just says like two of six, <laughs> three of six. He's like, he's like counting down, which is something my dad does. He's just like, I'll help you. You know, if you really need, I'll help you, but not for, for forever. So of course, you know, I explained DBT to my dad and what it's supposed to do to me and, and never, you know, he's like, well, what have you been doing all this time? <laughs> just like trying to survive. <laughs> I was like, but I, you know, I, I, um, you know, I, I feel like after I do this, there's a, you know, I think 80% that, that BPD goes in remission. I'll have things, um, to help me, uh, to cope and hopefully I'll be able to get, you know, a, a full-time job and, um, right now I'm, I'm just, I, right now I feel like I can, I can get a job, but I'm, I'm, I'm scared, scared to death of how, what's going to let me down in the job and then how I'm going to react because mm-hmm. I, 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 I do things i'll get the job like okay everything's gonna be great then my my boss starts treating me like an asshole or i trip and fall or or something happens i'm like oh god i don't want to go to work i'm so depressed and i don't i don't want to go up and down i've I've done that so many times i don't want to do that anymore and i'm you know chris i i love you and i'm very thankful that you um are here for me and that you're uh you're always uh calling around on my behalf and and, you know, you want to keep me alive. Um, that's really nice. I guess I like you a little bit. <laughs> well, I was, you know, for the, for a while, I I kind of, I, I was telling myself, okay, I can't do everything for Ajani. Because then, you know, I don't think that's good. You know? Yeah. So I, like, I would push you. I would tell you every morning. I would call you to remind you. Ask you to call someone or to, you know, email someone. I would text you I, I would like motivate uh, what I would think was to motivate you <laughs> to do things and you just weren't doing them right and, and it was I finally realized it's just you couldn't do it because you were in, in the state of being that you just you just couldn't do that for yourself so I was like okay I, I have to take this upon myself because otherwise things are not going to change and I'm glad I did <laughs> And then it wasn't like you, you, like I said earlier, you know, you did help you when you saw me doing things on your behalf, I, maybe it did motivate you, made you feel bad because I was doing it. So it didn't motivate you to kind of help. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes you just got to step up and, and do that for someone you love, you know, or it's, if you see somebody struggling, you can't just say, well, if you really want it, you should do it yourself. You know, if you really want help, you would get it yourself. Because sometimes people are just not in a place where they can get the help for themselves. And you have to be able to be open enough to, to see that in others and allow yourself to see, you know, where, where is this person in, the, in, in their life, in their mind, in, in their feelings? Are they able to actually do that? And, if, you know, people want to get help. And, but their mental conditions or whatever it is that they're struggling with will keep them from doing that. And it's not just because they're lazy or they don't want to get help. People, most people I, I believe want to get help and sometimes they just need a little bit of help from externally in getting there. Yeah. I, I couldn't, I couldn't get you like the other part was like, well, if I do this for him, is he going to go, you know, is he going to go to an appointment that I set up for him? I was scared that you weren't going to go, you know, but I, 
I did saw that, you know, if I made an appointment, you did go. You would get yourself out of bed, get ready, you know, um, shower the night before or the day of and, and go. So I was like, okay, so he does, he does want help. He does need help. It's time for me to get that help for him because he can't get it for himself. Right. Um, when I went to the, um, the lady before this, you know, um, when I came out, I called you. I was like, oh, she, she lied about the DVT. She doesn't know anything. And, you know. You didn't say it so calmly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wish you would have said it that calmly. <laughs> but, I mean, um, basically, you know, I was telling you all that stuff. And I was like, that's okay, baby. You know, we're just, you know, we have to try again. You know, that's yes. fine. And I, the only way I got that strength was, you know, from you. Because I wasn't like, oh, God, we're going to give up. Because if I was doing that myself... I think I would have eventually found somebody, but it would have taken me longer because after each interval of doing something, getting let down, it's like, oh God, I got to build it up again, you know? And it, so it, it was, it, it was a lot, a lot more simple with, with Chris because he was able to, to be there. Do the legwork. So yeah, I did the legwork. I, I found a door for you and then I was like, okay, Ajani, here's the door for you, but you have to walk through it. Like, you have to go through it. You have to be willing, from your part, to do all the hard work that comes afterwards, right? Because, mm-hmm. I mean, half the battle is just finding someone to help you. And then the other half is putting in the work yourself. That's half the battle. Um, uh, oops, what are you doing? This. I, I, um, I wrote a poem, poem for you. Okay. I'm scared to read it because I don't like sharing my stuff. I'll read it for you. No, it's fine. I'll read it. I'm a better reader than you. No, it's you. fine. Okay. Oh. No, you can read it. No, <laughs> I don't know. Now I'm on the spot. Oh my gosh. It's titled El Rendedor. Ren- the re- Redeemer. Re- Redentor. I'm sorry. Chris oh, doesn't God. even know that word. I'm messing up my Spanish. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. El Redentor. All the things I was supposed to do, all the classes that I skipped in school. I wondered if I missed something I might need, as if I have time to stroll through my dreams. All the mistakes that ended in ridicule, all the lovers that were never the exception to the rule, run like a torrent, then overflows with moments. I learned the wrong love can can feel so right. Sorry, that was not me, that was a typo. I'm on the road of life. I'd like to walk faster, but my load is great. I slow down to turn around, to take my breath out. Let my soul loose, because I have fallen too behind. The sky ignited gold just when I thought I'm screwed. Your spark descending like a point of view. My eyes behold a paradise too good to be true. This love exists outside of space or time too. On the other side of the hedge, with you. <laughs> Terrible. I feel like you left out some words and then you stumbled over some words. Oh my I mean, gosh, how could that you was a perfect reading. How could you? Except murder? for the typos that you had in there. It's like a new point of view. You just said. Uh, oh, see, you should have read it yourself. Um, but no, just kind of. Um, I just, you know, wanted to, to write something for you and just kind of alludes to uh, a short story I had uh, read after I um, had left my job at the, the hotel. Mm-hmm. Um, it was called On the the Other Side of the Hedges, and it's about mm-hmm. a, a guy that's speed walking on a, on a road. Um, it's kind of like a the metaphor. Road 
it's a metaphor for the uh, the road uh, to life. So he's like speed walking with other people and stuff, and um, so he uh, there there's like I guess hedges on the other side. And he kind of talks about like um, all the stuff that was behind him and what people have told him um, success is and how success should look and what you should do. Um, but then he ends up on the other side of the hedges where there are some slackers over there and everyone's just having a good time, drinking, you know, um, uh, enjoying life, you know, taking a break, you know. <laughs> and he's like, don't y'all have somewhere to be? You know, the, what what the, you know? Imagine power walking like that. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, see a whole bunch of people lounge. just like, yeah. what? So it's like the, uh, and he had talked about, you know, he, his brother you know, was on the road of life, but he didn't know where he went, and, you know, uh, he ends up finding his brother, um, but I really like that story because it, um, because of the metaphor, um, and I, how, it's kind of how I, I thought of success, like, I have to do this, I have to do this now, okay, I have to do this now, people told me I have to do this, if I don't do this, I'm behind, if I don't do this, I'm behind, I have to do this, and I just got, like, pushed through the hedges, and I'm just like, oh, God, <laughs> like, I can't be here, I, I can't be here, I need to go back, um, and it's not like I'm, you know, I'm relaxed and having a good time at the hedges. But I kind of see that as uh, um, a time for me to, to like, take a, a break and try to uh, get myself mentally healthy, mm-hmm. you know. And a break I really don't want to take. I just want to jump right back in, you know. But it's it's better if I do. And then, you know, of course, Crystal allows me and, and is um, understanding... Um, while I, I do that and, and during that time we even started the podcast and you know I'm I'm glad um, that my my life has turned out the way that it is and I'm really excited to uh, go through this DBT journey I have a, another appointment this week that was so great like after I was with this this great doctor she was like okay well are you free next week I was like oh gosh she's free next week I was like same time she said same time I was like oh my god yes <laughs> <laughs> like it's not like a month so you know I'm just I'm excited to to get these skills to get better to uh, reduce the, the destructive behaviors that I'm doing and none of this would be possible without um, about Chris, and I'm glad I'm on the other side of the hedges with you. Okay, yeah, you're you're wonderful. You're you're a great guy. <laughs> well, you're welcome. <laughs> I do what I can. Um, <laughs> uh, I was gonna say that that sort of reminded me of a quote, and I was trying to find it, but I can't. So, but it was basically talking about again, kind of looking at life and what is successful and not, and how to define success. And it was about, um, it's not about, a, like, uh, it's not about a specific place and time or location or, uh, in, in your life, or I guess a place in, in your life. It's about, um, keeping, keeping, about you keeping moving. Does that, that sound so wrong? As so long as you keep moving. Yeah. How does that work? <laughs> it doesn't matter how fast, you know, how slow in life you're, you're, you're going through your own personal life. Everybody, you know, we're on our own journeys and we're on our own paths and we shouldn't look to the sides 
to see how fast anybody is passing yeah. us. Or... Nobody wants to hear that when there's an 18-year-old that's a millionaire from YouTube videos, okay? Nobody wants to hear that. I'm like, I am behind. Well, what the? <laughs> I mean, they can go on and retire. I don't even have a, the money to pay for a doctor. Like, that's how I, But you don't even, they're not even in our lives, so why worry about that? Eight so, years old. You know? and what, oh, or are they 10? I don't know as a kid. So, it's you not know, right. That, to me, that's something like has always resonated because I felt like that too, you know? I felt like Sometimes I look around and I'm like, oh gosh, I'm not where I'm supposed to be. I'm, I'm 32. I just found out today that I'm going to be 33 in May. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was turning 32 this year. Oh wow. <laughs> uh, so you know, I'm like, I, I should be do, I should be do, doing this. I should be earning more. I should be, you know, have this much saved. I should have been investing already, and you know, so many things. That's ideally we should have already completed or whatever but then at the same time you know another person could look at me and be like wow he's so far ahead you know we we bought our first house that's a huge step Mm -hmm. you know a lot of people are not fortunate enough to buy a house on their own and we were lucky enough to have help from our families but it's also something that we worked hard um to to bring into existence and so for me and the way that I've seen your struggle is that as long as you keep moving that's you know enough for me you know I I know you've needed some time to get yourself together and get the help that you actually need that really would I think would actually help you and and bettering this condition that you have Unfortunately, it's taking you this long to find it and get it. Um, but to me, you know, I'm like, that's fine. I can work. I can work hard for a couple of years and I can give you that space and time that you need. Um, and Because I know you would do the same. I feel like you would do the same for me, you know. And um, But so long as you keep moving forward, you don't have to get better overnight. But you, each step, I feel like each step that we've been since we've been together mm-hmm. you've taking a step forward and maybe one step back but we've keep moving forward you know and i'm i'm proud of that for for both of us yeah i i, I definitely feel like i it's like my dad said my dad was like well wh- what would you do you know if if nobody was here to help you and you had to just have bpd and um just go to work you had to do it and i was like well you know i i have done that you know i've gone to work you know no medicine, no anything for, for years. Have I done that? It's, I, I guess I could do that, but it's not going to be fun, you know? And I, I don't know how long I'm going to stay alive and I'm going to be worrying myself to death. And, you know, I don't, I, um, I don't know. I'm going to be having fights that, that I don't want to have and be worried about stuff that I don't want to worry about. And yes, I could, I could definitely, um, survive having BPD and I'm sure other people do. Uh, but you know, I'd, I'd rather <laughs> yeah. minimize the symptoms so I can enjoy my life and be feel feel happy to be alive and uh, keep going. That I don't have to feel like I need to end everything because everything is so terrible. Instead, I can just you know turn that around and, and say you know I want to keep going for as long as I as long as I can. Mm-hmm. Um, because everything is so wonderful, you know. I have I have Chris. I have my family. I have um, my cats. <laughs> so, 
Zoe. Shout out to Zoe, Luna, and Frida. We hope you're listening. They don't care. They <laughs> they don't care. They don't they don't even know they're alive. Like they're they're cats. Okay. <laughs> Uh, okay, guys, so uh, make sure you listen to the uh, the teaser and become a patron if that's something that you're uh, you're thinking of. And we will see you next, next time. time. <laughs> uh, not this Sunday, but next Sunday. All right. Bye. Bye.